Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. All right, y'all ready to get into the message? Right, well, we've been in a, a sermon series all year, all year, all year. We're going to be in a sermon series called Foundations, and we're getting into the Word of God, and we're trying to see what God says about the Bible and the power of the Bible and, and what the Bible teaches us about our lives. And so Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, we're going to continue in that strain. If you have a Bible, you can open to it. If not, feel free to read along with me. Now, I know as you read Ephesians 5, you're like, hey, I thought the relationship series was next week. Well, I promise you, um, I'm preaching about the Bible, all right? So Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Pastor Liz and I are going to preach on this on the fourth week of our sermon series. But, but now the Apostle Paul, who's writing this book, shifts his attention. He's no longer talking to the wife and the husband. Now he's talking to, to Christ and the church. Christ and the church, okay? And so verse 26 to 27. Cleansing the church... By the washing, now say this with me, say the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church, verse 27, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I want to speak to you today on the topic washed with the word, washed with the word. You know, the Bible's literary style intentionally leaves out details for two reasons. One, when you read your Bible, like when it comes to the appearances of people, oftentimes the details of their appearance are left out. That way, when you read the Bible, you can see yourself in the biblical character. God meant that to happen. The other reason why it leaves out details is so like when Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh that he's asking God to get rid of, he never tells us that what that thorn is, or else we could look at it and think that ours is worse or ours is not as severe. He never tells us so that we can identify our thorn with his thorn. But one of the main reasons why God doesn't put details in is so that when he does put certain details in, it's so that you can pay attention to those details because those details are significant. For example, when I read that last passage, there were two things that I saw. One was that it used the word cleansed and it used the word washed in the same sentence to describe what I thought was the same thing. But by using two different words, okay, lean in, he's saying that there's a difference between being clean and being washed. And he says that we are washed by the word, which is interesting to me because one of my favorite Christian songs of all time is, uh, 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 how's it go, how's it go? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay, so I thought we were washed by the blood. What can wash away by the blood? But he said we were washed by the word. And so, so where is the discrepancy? What is the difference? We can understand it if we go into the Old Testament and we look at the tabernacle. The tabernacle was old school church. Let's put the picture of the tabernacle up on the screen. And I want to just encourage uh, East Campus here because the tabernacle, old school church, wasn't like a building. Old school church was portable. You had to set it up and tear it down. Come on, East Campus. Setting it up and tearing it down every single Sunday. That's right. The old 
old school church was portable church. So like, you want church? Build it. That's why they was in the Bible, okay? And in the inner court, we see the little blue uh, rectangle. That's the holies of holies. That's where God's presence is, and, and the Ark of the Covenant is there. And so the whole idea is to get into that place, to get into the God's presence where we become a whole, and we're made whole, and our, our life has purpose, and it was beautiful. But before you could get there, you had to do a couple of things. And the first place you had to stop at was the bronze altar. Now, the bronze altar was where the lamb or the goat was killed for the sins of the people. And then the blood, here we go, now the blood would cleanse the priest and would cleanse the people of all their sin, which is important because the blood cleanses. Now, if if you're a Christian, that's the moment that you celebrate because then we understand that our lamb, our scapegoat was Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed for you and for me so that all of our poor decisions and all of our past life can be cleansed in Jesus' name. That's awesome. That's what happened at the bronze altar. But after they left the bronze altar, they stopped at the bronze basin. And in the bronze basin, they would wash their feet and they would wash their hands. Because even though they were clean at the altar, the time that it would take to walk to the basin, come on, look at our technological skills. You see the whole thing moving with the, come on, hold on. Look at that. Props to the team. The time that it would take to walk from the altar to the basin, the dirt and the dust would get kicked up on their feet. It would get kicked up on their hands. This is, this is so important. And so Jesus cleansed them. The blood cleansed them. But even though they were clean, there were some things on the world that had gotten on them that they still needed to wash off. Isn't that good? So before they could go in, they didn't just have to get clean. Amen. Jesus did that. But there were also some things in the world that got on them that they needed to wash off so they can be truly cleansed and washed. This makes sense now when you go to the New Testament and you see Jesus talking to Peter and the disciples and he's trying to wash all the disciples' feet. And he gets to Peter and he's like, Peter, let me wash your feet. And Peter's like, nah, chill. You Jesus. I'm Peter. You don't do that. Don't wash my feet. And then Jesus is like, Peter, if you don't let me wash you, then you can't go to heaven. And then Peter's like, well, in that case, wash my pits, wash my head, wash my ears, wash my face, do it all. And then Jesus looks at Peter and he says this. He says, those who have had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. Jesus isn't giving Peter a hygiene lesson. Jesus is preaching through illustrations. I love Jesus. Preaching through illustrations. And he's saying, Peter, chill out. You're already clean because you have a relationship with me. But just because you're clean doesn't mean there aren't some things in you that I need to wash. So he said, so you're clean, but now I need to wash you. This is why Hebrews 9.22 says this, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. Almost. So I say almost. almost. All right, lean in. This is where your Christianity and your theology is going to get challenged. And this is where you might leave. This is where you'll get upset. But I promise you it's Bible, so wait till the end of the sermon to leave. I got a theologian in the front row. He can correct me if I'm wrong. But hear me out. Hear me out. There are some things that the blood of Jesus can't do that only the word of God can do. Are you ready? Here's this. Here's one thing that the word of God can do that the blood of God can't do. Listen. Wash your view of you. Ready? Because look, look, the blood of Jesus can change you. But the blood won't change the way you see you. Did you get it? It It can change you, but you can still walk around like if you were the same person. So you need the book to find out how you look. 
I ain't even trying to rhyme. I'm dropping bars. <laughs> dropping bars right now. <laughs> Somebody call Jay-Z. I'm in, yo. We can do it together. <laughs> you need the book yeah. to find out how you look. Hey, hey. Exodus chapter 38, verse 8. They made the bronze basin. Remember the bronze basin that I told you that they washed themselves in? And it's bronze stands. Look what they made it from. From the mirrors of the women who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So the basin was made of mirrors. So that means when, come on, Chris. So that means that I don't have a bronze basin. I just got a bowl of water. But we're going to treat it like it was a bronze basin. So that means that when they went to the basin, East Campus, it's going to look like the world just turned upside down right now. Okay, but (laughs) when they went to the basin to wash themselves, that means that as they were looking into the water, they saw themselves because it was mirrors. This is significant because when they saw them, do you remember where they just came from? Huh? The bronze altar. And what were they doing at the bronze altar? Sacrificing animals. So let me ask you, what do you think the first thing that they saw when they saw themselves? They saw themselves covered by the blood. Ooh. To anybody who's still living in shame, to anybody who's still living in guilt, to anybody who's still kicking themselves over your old self, you are covered by the blood. Don't you see yourself for who you were? See yourself post-sacrifice. See yourself after the brown altar. See yourself after Jesus. You ain't the same. And the other thing that they would see on the Day of Atonement, when they would make that sacrifice, they didn't just go in there with their regular clothes on. The Bible says that they would put on white linen. Clothes in the Bible were different than what they mean today. Clothes in the Bible then were a symbol of your identity. We knew who you were by what you wore. So to put on the white meant that you were a priest. I love that because what God is saying is, I don't know who you think you were before you got to the blood. But now that you are covered by my blood, you are no longer this, you are a priest. You are no longer that, you are called. You are no longer this, you have a destiny. I have something in your life I want to do. You need to know that you are called today, that you have a destiny. Thanks so much, Chris. And here's why this is so important. The other day, somebody was telling me, they said, how's the church going? And I was like, man, it's going great. I was telling them, I was like, it's good with multiple services and two campuses, and God is just blowing up. I don't even know. I don't even feel like I'm in charge anymore. I just feel like God's doing this thing, and we're all going away from the ride, and it's amazing. And he looked at me, and he said, that's awesome. He said, well, I'm going to be praying for you. And I was like, amen. And he said, I'm going to be praying that God keeps you humble. And I was like, amen. But... I just, why, why, why that specific prayer? <laughs> and he was like, well, I just imagine with all the growth and all of that, that we don't want any of that to get in your head, and we want you to stay humble, and we want you to stay low, and we want you to stay, and so I'm just praying that God keep you humble. I said, yeah, amen. I, pray, I receive that. I pray that. I, that's awesome. But while you're praying for my humility, while you're praying for my humility, can you also pray for my confidence? Because... I know when you see me, you see the pastor of a big church, but when I look in the mirror, That's real. That's real. I don't see that. Yeah. Come on. I still see the teenager wrestling with pornography, the 20-year-old wrestling with pornography. I still hear the voice of the enemy telling me that I will never fully 
be healed. I still hear the bully in second grade. I still hear my inner voice telling me that, yeah, this was God to this point, but he's not going to help you get to the next point. You're not going to be able to get there. You're not going to be able to go there. And so pray for my humility, but pray for my confidence because I still got voices that are trying to tell me who I am. This is my question. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Who do you see when you look into the mirror? Some, I, I think there are 60-year-olds in the room today who still, when they look in the mirror, still see the six-year-old getting abused by their dad, getting yelled at and picked on. I think that somewhere in the room today, there's a 200-pound, just buff dude, gym shark, just looking like an a, a Abercrombie and Fitch model, just jacked up and all that, all great. But when you look in the mirror, you don't see that. You see the scrawny teenager. I think someone in the room today who looks in the mirror and it's a mom who loves her kids, but when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't see the mom. She sees the stripper who did the best that she could in her mind to do the only thing to be able to provide her kids. And I'm just telling you today, it's time to put down the mirror and bring out the basin and look into the basin and go, no, no, I am clean, I am not dirty. I am healed and not sick. I am rich and not poor. I am loved and not alone. I am strong and not weak. This is what the word of God says about me, and that's a washing that has to happen over and over and over again. Learn to wash away what they call you with the one who called you. Right? Here's the second thing that the word of God is going to do for you. It's going to wash off what got on. It's going to wash off what got on. Back in the biblical times when they walked around, they had open toe sandals, you see. And, you know, there's a lot of dirt on the floor. They didn't have paved roads. But on top of that, you know, they had a lot of donkeys. They had a lot of camels. They had a lot of sheep, a lot of lamb. And they didn't necessarily have the citywide sanitation program that we have today. And so stuff will get in. People will just walk in stuff. Then they show up at someone's house. Then they had to wash that person's feet, get in between their toes, get all that stuff out. That's, listen, you don't even need to live in biblical times to know that. Does anybody have a dog? <laughs> Come on now. Our kids just started walking the dogs in the front of the house and, and not in the back, which is cause important because we didn't want the, it were killing the grass. And so we put them in the front of the house. And we gave them real clear instructions. Make sure you always pick up the poop. Make sure you always pick up the poop. Make sure you always pick up the poop. And the other day, I opened up the door to the garage. The garage. (laughs) Not the yard that's in front of the garage. I opened the garage. Started walking to my car in the garage. (laughs) What's that smell? Looked down, stepped in poop. In my white Air Force Ones. I just, I just, I started praying. I started praying. I said, Lord, speak to me, Lord, because if you don't speak to me, I'm going to speak to them. And if I speak to them in this state right now, Lord, speak to me, Lord. And I just felt the Lord speak to me. I felt the Lord speak to me. He goes, you know what, Jay? You can just tell the church that it doesn't matter how hard you try. Some days, you're just going to step in it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. How many blockers you set up, how many accountability partners you have, what kind of system you have. Some days, yeah. you're just going to step in it. That's right. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And then it gets on you, and it wasn't even your fault. It wasn't even your fault. Like, I remember in the fall, I was watching football, and when I was watching football, it was around the time of Halloween, all of a sudden, this movie uh, trailer came out. And that movie trailer was mad scary, yo. It was mad scary. I don't like scary movies. And it came up, and I was watching the game, and I couldn't do anything 
Because it had come up. I didn't turn the channel to it. It was a commercial. It popped up. Now I'm watching it. I'm not going to close my eyes. I close my ears, but it's not like I'm not there. And I'm like, man, I don't like that. It's a commercial. And then that night, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, man, but I'm going to have money to pay the bills. Man, I just coughed. Do I have cancer? And, and I'm just, and, and why? Because fear that got on me in one moment had infected other moments. Wow. You see how that works? I was working on my sermon this week on a Bible study website, on a Bible study website, and a pop-up popped up on the internet while I'm working, and it was not a Bible pop-up. I'm going to just leave it right there. And, I, and some people be like, well, that means that you were on this and that and the algorithms. I promise you I wouldn't. That wasn't no algorithm. That was hell. And all of a sudden, listen, I got all the blockers, guys. I got all the blockers on my, and all of a sudden, lust got on me. Just got on me. You know what I'm saying? You're at work, you're at the water cooler, somebody makes a dirty joke. You didn't even want to hear it, but you were there, you heard it. Now all of a sudden, impurity got on you. Now you stub your toe, you start saying, where did that language come from? It's what got on you. Are you with me? Open up your favorite social media app, it don't matter which one, open it up, listen, everything will get on you. Comparison will get on you, jealousy will get on you, depression will get on you, anxiety will get on you. You didn't even ask for it, you just got exposed to it, it got on you. It got on you. And here's what you need to do. Listen, because in that, all that dirt, there are some germs. And if those germs get in you, they will infect you. They will get sick. In other words, you need the word to wash off what got on you before what gets on you gets in you. That's good, Pastor. So here's what I do every morning. Here's what I do. I'm going to make it practical. I take a bath in the word of God. Every morning, I have these things called morning affirmations, the seven statements that I tell myself that are built on the Word of God, and I'm going to share just three of them with you today. I'm going to get personal, but just so so that you can see how this works in your life when you get that stuff on you that gets on you. One of the things that gets on me sometimes is like, like apathy and also like, am I doing the thing, like could I be doing something else instead of pastoring? Because sometimes, you know, this gets hard and and so I and I look at Liz and I'm like and this is what really gets me listen when I say like successful business people not so much but what really gets me is when I'm I'm driving the church on a Sunday morning and I see people jogging I'm like what is that life even like I, I for as long as I can remember I went to work on Sundays I'm like what is that life even like jogging on Sunday Man, you know, so I look, that's how I listen sometimes. Like, babe, this is hard work. Maybe there's something else we could be doing with our life and with our time. Let's open up a Chick fil A. <laughs> I mean, it's Christian, that's a foreign ministry, and they closed on Sundays, sister. That's right. You can chill on Sundays too. The ministry of the week can chill on Sundays. But then when that happens, this is what I tell myself when it comes to this, and you're going to laugh at me, but this is what I tell myself. I tell myself, I, I, this is my morning affirmation every morning, because i got to wash that off me. Every morning I ask myself, I go, I really, really enjoy preaching. And then the next thing I say, and I don't care if you think it's prideful, I need it for my confidence, I go, and I'm really, really good at it. I tell myself that. I go, I go, because, I go, because God has gifted and graced me to make Jesus accessible to anyone. 
And then I read Ephesians 3, 7. This is where the bath comes in. This is my life work, Paul said. Helping people understand and respond to the message. You're not going to be happy at Chick-fil-A, JJ. This is your life's work. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came, this is what gets me excited. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way. Mm, in other words, to make Jesus accessible to anyone. It's to anyone. That's what excites you. Wash off that apathy. Wash off that sense of no purpose. Wash it off in the word of God. Amen. When lust gets on me, I don't care where I am. If I'm at the gym, if I'm at Walmart, okay, I don't care. I will, I will say this right where I am. I will close my eyes. If closing my eyes is weird in that moment, I'll open my eyes and I will say this. When lust gets on me, I go, I am pure in Christ. Amen. And lust is not my master. Then I say this. I go, Liz is everything I need or could ever want. She bad. And then I finish off like this. I go, I don't give in to sin. And instead, I give in to God. But I didn't just come up with that. That's not a positive affirmation. That's a biblical washing. 1 Corinthians 1.30, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Then I read the verse. Christ made us right with God, making us pure and holy. This is who I am now. I had to remember how I looked when I went to the book. I'm pure and I'm holy. And he freed us from sin. And then I go to James 4.7. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. So I understand that there are two natures within me. There is the flesh that wants me to give in. But but there's also another part of me that I, you know what it is there. And it's the Holy Spirit that's like, nah, you're better than that. You call it higher than that. Come on, I'm going to give in to that part of me and not that part of me. So I'm too weak. Look, Holy Spirit, take me and lead me that way. It's a washing. It's a washing. I got more, but we got to keep going. And then every night before I go to bed, I read a psalm. And I have a commentary on a psalm. And I read a psalm. And I just wash off all the stress from that day. I wash off the stress that got on me. The tension that got on me, the expectations of other people that got on me. That's one. Whenever other people's expectations get on me, I love going to 1 Thessalonians 2 4. For we speak as messengers approved by God, to put it on the screen, to be entrusted with the good news. I love this. For our purpose is to please God, not people. Ooh. Wash all those expectations off, church. Wash off all the haters. Wash off all the people that left you. You wouldn't live for them anyway. Your purpose is to please God, not people. Get rid of He knows the motives of my heart. Here's the last one. Listen, the one thing, another thing that the Word of God can do for you is wash the way you live. Wash the way you Not wash the way you live, but wash the way you you live. You know, we shouldn't get so upset when bad things happen and it sticks to us. That's the way the world works. You know what else we shouldn't get upset for? We shouldn't get upset when the clean doesn't stick. Because that's the way the world works too. You don't brush your teeth in the morning, then at night be like, oh, brushing your teeth don't work. Yeah, it does. You just got to brush your teeth again. Because nothing stays clean. You need to wash it again. Imagine bumping into somebody at work and be like, listen, man, I'm, a, I'm your boy. So because I'm your boy, I'm going to just be straight up. Do you take showers? <laughs> now imagine your boy responds and he goes, nah, I don't believe in showers. And you go, boy, you're going to have to educate me. <laughs> Why don't you believe in showers? Imagine if this was their answer. Because I took a shower one day. Uh-huh. And the next day I smelled. So I don't believe in showers. Nah, bro. 
That's not how it works. It worked for that day. But you're going to have to take a shower the next day too. And the next day after that, 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 and the next day after that. I don't believe in the Bible. Why? The Bible don't work. I mean, it did work for a season. Church was good for a moment, but then things got hard, so it don't work. It don't work. Or did you stop taking showers? Are you with me? This is what we're celebrating at baptism Sunday today. Listen to me, those who are getting baptized. Not that you have been made new, but that you have been made new and he is making you new every day. That's what you're celebrating. And, And not just that the old you has died, but that the old you is dying every day. It's a washing and a washing and a washing. I have multiple friends who are trying to get pregnant right now and uh, when the wife gets the period, they're always very sad because when someone who's trying to get pregnant gets their period, it's a sign that not today. So the blood for them, when they get their period, blood is released. When they blood releases, the blood is a sign that there's no life, which is very ironic because when God finally does answer that prayer and her body is ready to give birth, guess what will come out where blood once came out? Water will break. Where the blood was, water is. Because death and life is a new creation, which is why you will never read John 19, 34 the same way again. On the day that Jesus died, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. And here's what Jesus was saying. I'm dying. But through my death comes your life. That baptism pool is as much a, a, a birthing unit as it is a burial ground. And you are dying and coming alive in that same moment. And every day that process happens over and over and over. That's what it is. And that's what I want to encourage you to join us in today. I want to pray first and foremost. Listen, I want to pray for those who are wrestling with their thoughts, wrestling with your minds, and wrestling with some old habits. Can I encourage you today? This is what you needed to hear from God. Look at me. You're already clean. You are clean. So stop living in shame. You just need to be washed. And I pray that the Word of God would take a new symbol of significance in your life. That every morning and every night, you would wash your mind. You would wash your heart. You would wash your soul with the word of God. Let it wash over you and wash away all the things that stick on you that this world gets on you and we're not even trying. Let me pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm praying for all the Christians in church today. Maybe you got baptized a year ago. Maybe you got baptized five months ago and you still are struggling with some things. That's okay. You are clean. You just need to wash. You need to stay in God's word and get in God's word and invite the word of God to continually transform you and continuously renew you. Don't settle. Keep pushing into the word of God so we can change you and call you who God called you to be. Father, you see every hand raised. You see every person in the room. You see every heart. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would draw them closer and closer and closer and closer. Renew their mind. Renew their heart. Stay there. Stay there right there with your head bowed and your eye closed. I want to do one more prayer. Listen, this is not for those who need to get washed. This is for those who need to be clean. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You haven't made this prayer, right? Those who have, you're good. Just need to be washed. Get in the Word of God. But there are some, your relationship with God is real far. 
you haven't come to church, you, 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 you don't pray, you don't have... No, it, the last time you made a declaration of Jesus, you were five years old, if that. Maybe you never even grew up in church. But the words that I'm saying to you today, that there's a God named Jesus, the Son of God, who died on a cross for you and for me to wipe away every iniquity, to wipe away every evidence of guilt, give you a fresh start. He's here today. And all you need to do is say, yes, I want to be in a relationship with him. And then once he cleans you, listen, he'll begin to wash you. He'll begin to wash you. If that's you, when I count to three, I would love it if you just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. This is just a moment of privacy for you and the Lord. If that's you, when you're ready, on the count of three, raise your right hand, oh God. Jesus, I need you in my life, and I'm ready. All over this room, one, two, one, two, three. Raise your hand right now. If that's you, and you're ready to give your life to Jesus in this room. When I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see all those hands. Amen, I see hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. Amen. Hey, whether you raise your hand or not, let's pray this prayer. Everybody out loud. Say, Father God, I'm coming home. Dear Jesus, clean me. Wash me. I pray right now you would erase my past and secure my future. Today I declare I need you. Oh, how I need you. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for those. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.